You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. Something everyone deals with in summer is temptation. You may feel tempted to rekindle an old flame, reunite with old friends that you know are a bad influence. Today, we talk about temptation and how to overcome it and come through the challenge victorious. You don't have a white hinder? I don't think so. Show I'm us pretty, right now. Well, I'm pretty dark. <laughs> oh, great. I'm pretty dark complexioned. I'll close my eyes. Show Heidi. <laughs> no. I refuse. I'm a lights. I'm a lights dim kind of guy. You're such so. a liar. <laughs> Where are you going? I've seen a frog stand on its back legs yeah. before. You've yeah. seen one, you've seen legs, them all. Legs, 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 shoulder blades. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No hind end whatsoever. Can't keep pants up. It's it's just interesting. I've never met such a family with no butts. Yeah, it's it's just how it is. Like eighty year old men have that build. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sweet. Well, now we have embarrassed ourselves. What are your butts like? <laughs> yeah. Please, <laughs> please like do and not follow. comment any pictures. No, don't send us pictures of your butt. Max does too. I'm surprised Max, the shorts made listen, it over. Max has junk in his trunk. He does. He's a baseball player. <laughs> he like takes his after mama. his mom. <laughs> yeah. He needs his the mama. extra glutes to run them bases. Yeah, big big he, week for baseball. He hammered last game of the season, last last time of him being up to bat, and he hammered it out of nowhere. Seriously, everybody was shocked. Like the crowd went wild. I'm gonna tell you right now. He well, they went over across the bases. He just yeah, I've never seen him run that fast. I told you flat out, I would have been I would have been farting my whole way around. <laughs> She literally <laughs> looked at me when he was going from first to second, and she was like, I would have cracked my pants. The pressure. I would have I I had the McGurgles the whole time. And then I would have been like, God, I hope I don't hit this. And then I finally do. And well, I just tear around. He's got white pants, too. There's a lot I've been of like, I'm gonna going to slide on. into home, and nobody better ask any questions. You could. <laughs> like, cleats, cleats are not comfortable. Butt first. Cleats are not comfortable shoes. You could turn your ankle on a base. I mean, it's it's there's a lot going on there, but the pressure oh, was on too because the bases were loaded. They the bases were. Bases were loaded. The other two teams that were going into the next playoff game showed up, and because they tied in the last inning, they had to let the game go. So the the bleachers were filled with like the, the other, other teams, teams and their people. families. Yeah, like so I've never seen. Was, it was like a movie. It was like a movie, and then he kept going, and we're like, yeah, go. It was yeah, so it was crazy. Yeah. His coaches were they freaking were fired out. Up. Everybody Joe and was Heidi fired were fired up. Going you never crazy. seen so they many like butted each other. <laughs> yeah, you never seen any so many like fist Joe bumps ripped, yeah, and bro off. hugs. I was just say, ripped our shirts off. <laughs> Carlos had a rally cap on. Yeah, turned his it's a rally. Turned cap. his hat inside out. Uh, there you You've go. never seen a rally cap? You yeah, know what? I'm sick and tired of you people yeah. not knowing what a rally cap <laughs> you is. You are the only one in the family that knows what Why it is. Why doesn't anybody know? <laughs> is it a thing? It's a baseball thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Brian should know. He does. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. At least he got one. <laughs> it was it was a good time, though. It was. Jasmine was like, take me out to the ball game. <laughs> And like everybody's like, is someone singing? Jasmine's so funny because she, she like yells a paragraph at Max while he's up to bat. 
It's okay, Max. Just swing again. It's going to be better next time. <laughs> Go, Max. I'm your sister, and those swings don't define you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because she's like barely glancing up from the popcorn she's feeding to the ants on the ground. Yeah, or doing Mad Libs. Yeah. She's like, give me an adjective. And I'm like, oh, boy. This week, we are celebrating 15 years of yes. God delivering our family from the bonds of alcohol and drug addiction, pornography, yes. all these things, right? But some of the the biggest battles I've fought in 15 years are the temptations that come with the changing of seasons. The, really? The temperature, the smells. Um, just about everybody and their uncle wants to sit around a campfire and drink. Mm. Don't you think, too, a lot of people are dealing with temptation for a lot of things because of summer. I was going to say, I yeah, feel like summer huge is too. a high hitter for mm-hmm. temptation. Yeah. Yeah. Raise your hand if you're dealing with summer temptation, temptation. And summer. So summer temptations well, are different. Especially for those in the Midwest, though. Yeah. So for those in the Midwest, you... You camp. You don't... Well, and we have seasons. So... Yeah. It's Unt- only warm. Until April, yeah. really. It doesn't get like warm. And then May, June, July, August is kind of like those times where it starts to ramp up and get hot and you have yeah. summer. And so mm-hmm. for those people, a lot of it's going to the beach or on the boat or camping or and a lot of Or booze. even golf. I, I, I liked golf and I never did. I never golfed without having cocktails, libations. Yeah. So now... Max and I were just talking My about page. going and golfing, and there was like a little fleshly stir of panic about like, man, I I relate. I'm not that good of a golfer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I relate certain things. Like, there's memories attached yeah. to. So you still? So I've always wa- so I haven't like had like a addiction to stuff like that. I've always wondered those comments because I've heard them for more than more than one person that mm-hmm. has been delivered from alcoholism or no longer, you know, an alcoholic and hasn't drank where they won't like do a certain activity or go to a certain place because it brings back too many memories and too many things associated with how they used to be. Mm-hmm. But in my brain, shouldn't you want to make new memories in those areas so that those are wiped wipe out? Them out? That's a hard one you because you have to make a ministry out of it. So for me, when I go back into a place that God brought me out of, I have to make a ministry out of that. Like I have to be there for a purpose of ministry. I have to look for opportunity because I want to make sure, and this is my personal take on it, I want to make sure that Jesus Christ shines in that area in my life. So, Like on the golf course. Like with a golf course— um, all the people that I would golf with, uh, it was a range of people from, you know, people that came up in wealthy families to, to people that didn't and just enjoyed going out together. Um, almost every golf course we would go to, uh, had a bar. So, and they would, ha- you would have carry ons that you could take on, on the chorus and see, drink. I've never like. I mean, I haven't been golfing a ton, but I've never seen people with like a carry on on the actual golf course. Every oh, time, yeah. every really? time you went with me, everybody. Well, yeah, everybody, but you were like, no, like everybody, everybody that was playing on the the course that we were on, they were they were drinking. That's so weird. And then they would meet at the clubhouse afterwards and drink. 
crazy. And gamble. So there was like a lot of things going on there. Um, when there's a lot of people that feel that way about like they get sober or they like when they're not a Christian, they get sober. Yeah. And, but you were delivered. So there's a distinction, but yeah, people get nervous about like get togethers, like weddings. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, every time I would do that thing, it would be like a huge trigger. You want it? You want to well, hear the it would crazy? Be like a hoopla. Yeah. You want to hear the crazy sauce, right? So think about the 4th of July mm-hmm. as a full blown alcoholic, somebody that's addicted to something. That's one time a year where you can go full out drinking all day in front of everybody that normally would would have some sort of something to say about you. Be, be, you can do it how, however free you want that day because everybody else is doing it too. Mm-hmm. So you always associate like those holidays where where that was, to me, that was a free-for-all. When you're so, addicted to food, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. That's if your you're, day if to you're, like, if you're addicted you know I mean? to food, yeah. if you struggle with gluttony, that's a day where everybody's going to overeat with you and you can get away with it. Yep. And they're like, your, your yeah, let's have another piece of pie. Your you know? father-in-law is yeah. not going to be like, oh, mm-hmm. you're going to really have another drink before you drive home? No, because they're they're drinking with you on that day. If you have an, addic- an addiction, hi, <laughs> an addiction to shopping yeah, and yeah, overconsumption, Friday. Christmas, yeah, everybody gets in on it. Some of those are big triggers and like you do so good, right? And like summer can be that way. It, for a lot of different things, like you're doing so good, and then you have you hit this time where it's like one temptation after another. Yeah, and then there's always like you're you feel like you're missing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like in summer, there was a summer when we were younger, and it was like all we did was go to the beach. Yeah. And then loud we would, music, beach, yep, and eat food. And we would go out for like Mexican food. Yep, you know the summer, the Daddy Yankee. You're summer. talking about our summer. Our very. I you were talking about when you two were kids. Us personally. No, we would us literally three. go to the beach every day and then go to Mexican food. Yes, and then have cocktails. Yes, and it was like the time of our lives at that time. At that time. And now looking back at it, it was like devoid of a lot of things yeah and we were all deeply unhappy and unsettled yeah but there's an allure yeah to having that carefree yeah wind in your hair yes music playing summer babes Mm -hmm. you know a little buzz you know and like feeling sexy yeah tanned sneaking off and having a little you know when i think of those times with your uh, your husband, you know. <laughs> when I think of those times, a spirit of shame tries to come on me. Mm-hmm. So now I'm delivered. I'm set free. I have transparency in those areas. I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't avoid those situations because people are drinking there. Um, if I avoid it, it's because either one, God told me not to go there, mm-hmm. or two. I've I've I'm battling some sort of shame. So mm-hmm. when I look at situations like that and then the memories of the old man are there, right? So when we go through baptism and all that, God takes away all that. The only two people that are going to bring it up after that is you and the enemy, you and mm-hmm. Satan, right? So all of a sudden when you go into uh 
a territory that you used to occupy in darkness and now you're supposed to be light and then all of a sudden the enemy hits you with like all the memories of all the embarrassing blackout drunk stupid stuff do you remember what you did last night you know like the people around you yeah and the embarrassment and all of a sudden you're now in a spiritual battle with your fleshly weapons of like that's not me anymore but you don't think that right away first you just get overwhelmed and overcome with like Oh my gosh, like last time I was here, oh, so embarrassing, right? So now I'm at a place where that doesn't... Well, I was going to say like... That doesn't get me anymore, but it did. That's specific, I think, to you maybe the... But even like the darkness and light thing, like if you have been, you know, getting rid of things out of your life that you don't want to do anymore, whether that be on your own will or whether that be God delivered you from something and took it from you, Either way, and then you get to these times of the seasons or holidays or whatever it might be, or those things that are highly mm-hmm. temptation, you know, allures mm-hmm. start to come back into play. You better be real darn confident that you are going to be light the way that you just explained it. Because if you, if you have any thought of like, well, I'm just going to go because you already internally kind of want to do it again and you feel like you're missing out and all that kind of stuff. You can't, you still can't go into back to those places. Otherwise, if you're not strong, you're going to go right back and fall on your face. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not in authority, let's explain, like, let's try it with alcohol. Okay. So if you haven't drank for a year and you've been doing so good, but you know, right, because Holy Spirit reveals things to you. Also, when you start to recognize spiritual things, you start to recognize that spirits, spirit of alcohol starts to come back because they go off of mem- like they use your memories. That's how these Nostalgia. alluring things mm-hmm. and enticements come mm-hmm. is because they use those things because they know it pulls at the heartstrings, right? Yeah, you don't remember the bad times. Right. So they'll they'll all these spirits will come back during those times and they'll tempt you and they'll do these things. But if you're not at a place where you can confidently say, "I don't drink anymore. I want no part of it." Uh, or you're going to talk about Jesus if you're going to go to a party or mm-hmm. something, or a, even a cookout, even a, even in a park at a grill out. Yeah. Like if any types of those situations come up where you are not very confidently proud that you have not drank and you will not, and your feet are just like very firm, don't go. Because I guarantee you that if you're still kind of wavering like the sea in that department and you're not strong enough and you go at one of those situations, somebody's going to hand you something and you're going to say no at first. But then it's going to keep on throughout the night mm-hmm. because that's how demonic things work is they know most people will say no at first. When two years ago, maybe three, when we were coming up on the birthday of me being born again, right? So I got delivered, set free, born again. Mm-hmm. We're coming up on that and we're talking like 12 years of complete sobriety, serving God was actually around quite a few Christians that com- consistently would would just bring up like the reasons why they could socially drink because of their their undoubted self-control and all these reasons and, mm-hmm. and things they used justification justification so in the middle of all of those things you know it was like the perfect storm a thought came into my mind it's been 12 years. You have self-control. Mm-hmm. 
you're so filled with the power of God, that thing has no power over in, over you anymore. If you wanted, you could. But you don't want to. If you wanted, you could do it and have self-control because you're not that same guy anymore. Yeah. What a life. And immediately, I recognized that that was not my, like, why would I think like that? Yeah. Like, why would I even put my family in jeopardy? Uh, if If anybody could actually get into a good conversation with Heidi about what she went through when I was that guy, why would we ever even play with the idea? Right. You know, you play with fire, you're going to get burned. Absolutely. Why would I tempt God? What did Satan say to Jesus in the wilderness? If you be the son of God. So now I'm born again. Now I'm a child of God. If you be, you could cast yourself off of this temple right now and the angels would gird you up. Yeah. Lest you cast your foot against a stone. If you be, turn these stones into bread and eat. If you be. Yeah. And that was the way that temptation came, is if you be what you are now, then you could go ahead and do this. Yeah. What did Jesus reply with? Scripture and context. Yeah. A command. Thou shalt not tempt, tempt the, the Lord, Lord your God. God. Now uh-huh. depart from me. Yeah. And it says that Satan departed him for a time. Okay. He was looking for a better time to come So back. that's Luke 4, 13. Mm-hmm. Now when the devil had ended every temptation. Okay. So all of them are gone and you think you're cool. And you like you calm down again. You're like, okay, they're all gone. I'm doing good. But it says he departed from him until an opportune time. Yeah. That's what people don't he fail. Wa- like, like they failed us. Demonic mm-hmm. things, they watch. Oh yeah. They watch and they're like, All right, he just resisted these two temptations. He's feeling pretty confident right now, but now I'm just gonna wait. Scripture mm-hmm. says you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. I believe that's good and bad. There's a host of angels given charge over you. Yeah. And then there's also principalities, power, spiritual rules, wickedness, heavenly realms, all those things. So when when you are walking or running the race, right, that Paul talks about, and you are striving and you are seeking his kingdom and his righteousness, the the forces of darkness that have been put on assignment to keep you from being successful— because when you're successful, other people are going to come in through your success. You are going to be a vehicle, a minister of the gospel. You are going to walk in a ministry of reconciliation. Jesus said, I leave you all with the ministry of reconciliation. You have to be in him so that when others get put in your path, you can bring them into the, the revelation knowledge that they are forgiven. Yeah. They are forgivable. Yeah. So real quick, can I also add, you know, we talk a lot about, alcohol because it's very it, that's like that's specifically us. something that you yeah. you were delivered from mm-hmm. but summertime you know there's a lot if you've been feeling good because you've like abstained from listening and listening to secular music yeah. yeah and now summer comes along and we live in the land of music festivals yeah yep. we literally have country fest country jam mm-hmm. rock fest yeah on blue occasion, Ox. Blue Ox, Bluegrass. We have Eau Claire Music Festival happening. Yeah. We have like a summer concert series in the park. Yeah. I mean, there's like so much going on. And that too can be an allure. And you can feel like it will be, the enemy can be like very strategic and say, like, you, like you've already decided, you know what, I'm not going to go this year. 
because yeah. I've drawn close yeah. to God and I just don't feel like it's something. And then somebody turns around, they have a free ticket. Yep. Right. Oh you know? yeah. Yep. It's like that sort of thing. Yep. Or, you know, you've, you've, um, you've decided like, okay, you know, we're, we're married, not to each other. <laughs> Joe and Heidi are married to each other, but, and Carlos and I, and, but there were times this was more me than you two, but like have a summer fling, mm. you know, and God's called you to be consecrated to him. Like if you're single. Yeah. Yeah. Because not everybody that listens is married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've been seeking God and drawing close to him. And he either maybe has called you to remain single. Yeah. Because he, it says in the Bible, you don't even have to get married, you know, unless you're burning with lust. Maybe he's called you to draw closer to him. Maybe he's preparing the perfect person for you. Yeah. But, you know, it's summer. Yeah. Well, and it makes it easier in summer because there's a lot less clothing. Right. But, I mean, people feel the same way around the holidays, too. Like, it's like cuffing season, they call it. And then it's like everybody breaks up after the holidays and before Valentine's Day. Mm. You know? <laughs> um, but all of those things. And... We mentioned food. Yeah. Same thing. It's like Carlos and I have a struggle in summer to not go out for ice cream every single day. Yeah. 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 Like there's a temptation to treat yourself. Yeah. Yep. Because it's like, it's like everybody, there's a draw in the world towards revelry. Right. I, I just talked to somebody that was talking about their last fast and how many people tried to buy them lunch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I'm a firm believer in is when I look at people in scripture that were successful, you know, Jesus, Paul, different ones, they all had to have a season in the wilderness after they had the revelation of who God was to them. Um, The wilderness is uncomfortable. Moses even, you know, before he could do what he was supposed to do, he had to go for like 40 years and tend his father-in-law's sheep. So we... We think that we need to stay in the community that we're in when God wants to pull us out. Mm -hmm. And he wants to pull you out and get you in him and him in you so that when you are placed back in, you're an authority there. Because right now, even if you're the most popular person in that group, you're still a follower of something. And the something is not him. So if you are not in a place of strength in him... Mm-hmm. where you're where you're clothed in his righteousness and covered by the blood where you're still um tied to that carnal nature and you're still working through the soul ties of all the things that you've covenanted with or covened with you need that time of separation i had to go through a situation where god just i i lost my job we lost our house we lost everything right but i never felt better and i was like sneaking to church and i was trying to like get involved sneaking every, to church every time he says so that funny. it makes me laugh yeah yeah because i was like contacting people because i needed i needed to have discipleship and community and i mm-hmm. knew that if i stayed around the people i was with even though god just did this amazing thing yep I was still going to be in that dirty environment. Yes. Well, it's familiar spirit. And I, even if I wouldn't have done it, I don't think I would have had the growth that I had. Correct. And I wouldn't have come out in the authority. Now, when I go around people, so this week, 
yesterday, um, a friend of mine shared that another family member of his, which was a friend of ours, who's 39, just died from alcohol Jeez. consumption. Um, and I knew that he had issue, and I tried to look him up on social media, and he was, like, not on at all. But uh, I, I sent him a message, and I said, man, we're having this conversation too often because his little brother just two years ago died yeah. from consumption. You know, and that kid was like your age, Christina. Yeah, we went to school together. We were in the same grade. It's always fascinating to me, too, like with the music festivals. Every single year someone dies. Every year. Yep. Yeah. Every single year. And two years in a row, people got struck by lightning. That's wow. wild. And this it, year, I probably would have been struck by lightning if I would have went. Because I, I had all the Pantera you, So you had videos. a temptation. So, I did. No, I was going to just go there. Because I literally saw you fighting it. I feel like we stopped at a ice cream shop. Don't judge. First of all. <laughs> I can feel you judging because I just talked about ice cream. Leave me alone. It was my brother's yeah, birthday. Yeah, but it was healthier ice cream. It was, it healthier was not ice healthier cream. Liar. Yeah, Mexican sugar is better than American sugar. Come I on. didn't even have uh, ice cream. Actually, I had street corn. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, and uh, aqua fresca. Agua fresca. Agua fresca. <laughs> yeah, that was so good, Joe. But... Um, I heard you talking to the guy in the Metallica shirt yeah. about Pantera. Yeah. And I said, uh, I rebuke that. Yeah. yeah. She literally was like, wow. Like, wow. Talk to him about Jesus, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that part out. So and I was, I was in a Yeshua shirt. No, you can leave that in. Yeah. Because I was in a, like he read my shirt. And then you read his? No, I read his first. Okay. I'm super aware of everything you're going like, on around me. Ooh, Metallica. And he's like, ooh, Yeshua. And you're like, Let's talk more about Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm human. I you know. know. Yeah. We all are. This is the thing is I had all the home videos. You did. Like they, yeah. Pantera. Oh, they, yeah. they had, when they started touring, they made home videos all the time and they were disgusting. And it was like them on the tour bus and all the drugs and all the alcohol. And I was very much into those genres of music and everything that went along with them the occult behavior the denunciation of jesus christ and faith and all these awful things and then all of a sudden there's like a couple of living members of the band left the singer who has uh, i think clinically been dead like six times from heroin overdose girls still does heroin hmm. um He's like a poster child for the devil of like, hey, you might be able to live to like 60 still doing what you're doing. But all of a sudden they're coming to our little town, which now they're, you know, they're old guys and they're pretty washed up. So I don't think it'd be super exciting to see them. But there's always that like, man, this could be the last time that you see this band live before they're all dead. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But like... But, like, you guys used to do that stuff, too. You used to go to, like, OzFest and Warp Tour. Warp Tour. And, and, yeah. and then we went to a, a tons of underground concerts. concerts. And yeah, in Minneapolis right. and Menominee and Eau Claire. So it's that familiar. Yeah. It's summer. You, it, like, it's like quicksand. I was thinking yeah. about this today. It wants to drag you in. And then you get in uh, just a little too deep and 
you can't get back out. Yeah. I was at a yeah. gas station buying ice today for the birthday party. And there was a couple. It was Jasmine's birthday. Shout out, Jasmine. Yeah, happy birthday. Ten. Double digit. So I, we stopped at this, I stopped at this gas station. I was alone. And mm-hmm. I was getting ice, going back to mom and dad's. And there was a couple that pulled in. And they were looking rough. And they were in their, like, rock vest gear. Mm. And they were getting booze and ice and filling their coolers. And I was, I was just kind of analyzing what was going on. And it was like heartbreaking to me because I, I started to realize that all their en- identity was poured into very specific bands. Mm-hmm. And um, I, was, I was thinking about why. Why, why, do, why do people do that? Why do, why do people go, oh, this band, like this song, this is my life, right? So we're supposed to find our identity in Christ. And when, when we hear uh, the talent or the gifting of somebody who put it down on paper and then added it to music, right? And they, they speak a story similar to what you're living. And now all of a sudden you identify through that. You're like, wow, this hits deep. Mm-hmm. Now you start to identify through their music. Now you, like, this thing has a foothold in your life. It becomes an idol real quick. And now that thing is above everything else in your life, and you'll even go to the ends of the earth to try and get tickets to a show because you identify through whatever that time of their life was that gave them ability to write down that song, Mm -hmm. write that lyric, and then add it to the music. And I was like, how, how crazy is it that we're supposed to be in worship in everything we do do everything you do as unto the lord people are doing that like right now taylor swift is on her eras tour Mm. and people are paying like hundreds of dollars three grand for for a ticket ticket, yeah and i thought the same thing about that because young women like even as young as jasmine they find they identify with what she says yeah they identify with her lyrics and her songwriting and they see themselves in her and they look to her as an, an idol mm-hmm. and as a, not just an idol in like a derogatory or negative way, but as a role model. Right. Yeah. And you see that where it always grieves me when it comes to music particularly, because I know that the gift is from God. Mm hmm. And they're not using it for him. Yeah. Right. And they're leading people to worship. Yeah. Of them. Yeah. And it's they're still leading people to worship. Yeah. But it's not of God. It's yeah. They're not worshiping God. It's a huge of an identi- epidemic. Yeah. An epidemic of mm-hmm. ide- identity crisis. Right. Yeah. So when you see this person and you identify and like it hits hard and you feel it in your heart and your soul and it's like, wow, that's me. Mm-hmm. This music moves me. Like, I don't care if it's like little Yachty or DMX rest in peace or, um, Nickelback, which if, you, if you're a big Stop. Nickelback fan, <laughs> repent. Yeah. But if it doesn't matter who it is, the the crazy thing is is like one you can identify, two you can get a hold of that emotional roller coaster fast and have those highs and lows. Mm-hmm. And then three, with minimal cost and minimal effort, you can go see them. You can mm-hmm. go take part, you can go and have fellowship 
in that arena that they're that they're in. Yeah. People do it with big pastors too. Yeah. Um, I literally seen when we were at the elevation worship thing, uh, I seen people that were there because of probably how they identified with these people through their YouTubes and all this stuff. I, I was like full on in worship. Yeah. Like tears about yeah. to roll down my face. And the guy next to me was like pulling pieces of pizza out from under a seat and chomping them down yeah. and like drinking sodas and looking around for the rest of his friends to get there. And I'm like, how can you not feel the Holy spirit right now? Right. You know, I'm thinking in my head, like how is this guy just hanging out in the, in the, in the atmosphere that's been created by the worship in, yeah. in the, the, the longing for God's presence and his spirit to fall in that place. And I mean, you had what, like 20,000 people there. Yeah, I think he said 20,000 people rearranged their schedules, be there because of the playoffs and they switched yeah, the NBA concert. Playoffs, night. Yeah. yeah. So that's one thing where, where with seeking God, it takes faith. Yeah. Can you pull up Hebrews 11, Heidi, and read me one, what, what, what faith is and kind of go slow because I'm going to break it down because this is where it gets this is where it gets now faith yeah is the substance of things hoped for yeah and the evidence of things not seen yes so if you think about that now faith not to brag but I did memorize that yeah so it's the evidence of things not seen mm -hmm. so in order to have that move of God in our life we have to have faith in things we can't see, touch, or feel. There's, we'll, we'll know his presence when we're in it. But to get there, sometimes it takes a little bit of surrender. We have to believe without seeing. We have to sometimes run to the altar when nobody else is up there. Mm -hmm. So when you're, when you're identifying through like a, a musician or something like that, you're, you've now just come into an environment of something happening you can see it you can feel it you can smell it you're a part of it so it doesn't take much faith to to go up in front of the stage and and mosh to your favorite band so um, can i can i say something so i find it interesting that you bring up identity so like you guys know not that long ago i took 23 and me right because Carlos got that for me for like christmas because i had a genuine desire if you had talked to anybody in the family Nobody could like identify like exactly our, the, our heritage, yeah. if you will. So like, where did our ancestors come from? And Nobody like, knew. I'm just gonna get my DNA to the CIA. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just kidding. We have Google devices all over our house. Yeah, I just pity the person who has to listen to all that if they do. <laughs> like, Are you eating something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? A sausage I found. <laughs> 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 yeah, that happened before the podcast. Yeah, he, was Carlos funny. was like eating, munching on something. I was like, what? He's like, oh, just a sausage I found. <laughs> What's funny is like just the way he said it. I would love to be able to understand Spanish because I know he would have said it totally different. No, I don't like, think he would have. Really? Yeah. But yeah, um, just a sausage I, I find it. So I, I went through that process and I got the results back and I had a genuine desire to like understand better like our ancestry. Okay. Because nobody could really just tell me and it kind of changed over the years and everybody kind of had their own idea. And I got the results back and I was surprised by them. 
me personally. And, and then I was like, I didn't go through like an identity crisis per se, but we had always kind of had this idea that we were a certain, like we had a certain heritage Mm -hmm. and mine didn't exactly line up with that. And then it kind of like raised some questions in my mind, but, but like then shortly after this is sort of weird, but we did like a team building thing at work Mm -hmm. and they asked everybody who was willing to share. I work by the way on a very big team. Like the unit I work in is well over a hundred people and the division I work in is much bigger. I have an individual team too. That's a little bit smaller, but so it was our unit that was kind of doing this activity. And they asked if anybody that was willing, if they would want to share the place I work has heritage days. Yeah. And so they wanted to talk and see like what's everybody's info. And like, you could send in pictures if you wanted. And like, they did like a whole slide deck. Okay. And I provided the information, but then I was like, as I was thinking about it, because everybody has like, if you talk to Carlos about his cultural heritage, it's like rich, you know, Mm -hmm. and like it runs deep and there's a pride there. And like we have that to a certain degree in the United States, like being American, like proud to be an American. Yeah. (laughs) But it's also a melting pot. Yeah. And so you don't have that like rich not many purebreds yeah and like (laughs) you know you talk to somebody who's like purebred like german and they're like yes our family gets together every year we wear lederhosen we eat brats (laughs) and sauerkraut and like carlos's family like it's very they have like traditions and they're steeped in tradition and their families respect that and there's women in our area they get together every single year and they make lefsa yeah. As an entire family. Yeah. Okay. We've never had that. Yeah. In our family. Mm-hmm. And it dawned on me while I was doing this activity that we don't have that. But our parents never, never placed a strong focus on our carnal heritage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like who we are on this earth was of far less importance. Mm -hmm. But they really focused, especially for me, my entire life, the focus was, who are you in Christ? Yep. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And like, that maybe is a, they wouldn't say it doesn't matter. Right. But, yeah, you can have all that. Yeah. And that's beautiful and wonderful. And, God created us to be who we are and develop, you know, cultural traditions and heritages and things that that we continue on from generation to generation. It's a wonderful thing. But when it's all said and done, all of this passes away. Mm -hmm. And then do we know who's going to be left standing there? Right. Like if you take away your leader hosen (laughs) and and you're broad and you're broad (laughs) I could eat a brat right now (laughs) and all of those things. Do you know what I mean? And if you take away even your family, because there's going to come a day where it's just going to be you and God. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not going to be, you know, when you're in your spiritual sense, um, neither male nor female because you're on this earth, but you're you're not of this earth. 
And I think, you're really going to, yeah. you're going to, you're going to have all the answers to all the questions because you're going to be in the presence of the author yeah, and the finisher. So there's, there's going to be uh, complete transparency and all knowledge revealed. So all these things that we, we strive to identify through, we try to build, we, we're, you know, as it comes back to that authenticity thing, if you want to be authentic, um, you, you have to have God's spirit in you and mm-hmm. his word completely, uh, consistently going into you. You need to eat daily. You need to feed on the word. You need to read it. Even when you don't feel like it. Yeah. If you don't I think feel that's like a it, big thing. Read four verses instead of two. When you're going through temptation, though, I personally am this way. Like, and sometimes it's like the temptation of just living with a bad attitude. Yeah. The last thing I want to do is listen yeah. to worship music and get in the word. No, you want to throw a temper tantrum first. Like we all, yeah. we all want to have a. Yeah. We're entitled, right? And so you you're even fighting think the flesh. Thoughts of like, I just need one day. Like, can I just have a day? Yeah. 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 I would like a me day. Yeah. And it's the most unfulfilling thing. Well, the devil's yeah. not the devil's not dumb. He's been deceiving since before the garden. He took like a third of the angels out. So he's literally trying to force feed thoughts. And you have thoughts. I've been in the middle of like a strong temptation and a battle. And then all of a sudden, Heidi and I are in complete opposition. We're in a fight about something stupid. Like... Did you shut the garage door? I'm not sure. Like, how could you leave without shutting the garage door? I don't know. I was worried about my curling iron. I don't know if I left that on or off. You know, and all of a sudden it, like, just spirals out of control into this crazy cycle. And then all of a sudden, like, all the the stress and the pressure from the temptation is there. And then, like, you find yourself saying, like, I don't understand. Like, why... Why do I have to have this conviction mm-hmm. about these sins? And then people around me are completely to the, to the eye, the physical eye are successful mm-hmm. and they're living in ways that would feel like hell to me. Right. right. And then, you know, obviously when, when I say things like that, Heidi's like, how can you say that you've been delivered and you had like these crazy spiritual moments with God. How could you ever even say something like that? How, how do you not just feel awful saying that? Cause God loves you so much. He pulled you from that. But then fast forward a little while later when I'm like repented, it's, it's, it's like, well, the reason why some people can do those things is because they're not going to be in my situation of ministry. Correct. They, they don't want to be. Correct. When I walk into a gas station that I frequent, there's a good chance that people that aren't new employees already know my faith. Mm-hmm. I talk about our faith in our church. Uh, there's a lady at the gas station right by my house. I invite her to every church service at our church and then my buddy's church. Do you know what's kind of funny? What? <laughs> I was just thinking about this as you we were talking. Some people... They believe you like we're born and raised here. Like yeah. you've never moved away. And it's kind of funny because people there are people out there who are struggling with the idea of getting closer to God and relinquishing all of those things that have a stronghold. And I bet that the thought crosses their mind, 
I'd have to move away. Yeah. I've seen people do it. And do you know, I was just thinking about this, that I feel like if you were to punt on God and give up your walk with God and turn back to sin, you'd have to like move away. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this 100%. is the thing is yeah. when people think the other way and they do move away, they're, they're the same person when they get there. If right. you're not going to step out in your faith here, you're not going to do it there. I traveled a lot for work, like two weeks a month for like three years. And I'm going to tell you, everywhere is exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. I'm not kidding. When I was out in California. All, everybody has the same problems everywhere you go. And in Florida, they get a little weirder. And so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shout out Florida. You robbed I'm just kidding. Wendy's with an alligator? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I spent a lot of time in Florida. That's why I say that. Yeah. But it, truly, it's just like everywhere is exactly the same. Are you going to read First Corinthians 13? I, uh, not yet. Uh, so I wanted to tap back on that. Um, now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. I don't want people to think like, freaked like the devil's just like wait waiting for me to slip up he is yes but you don't need to live in like a fear that like no because you're coming from a place of victory yeah well the scripture says resist him correct but in mark 14 38 it also says watch and pray okay yeah Mm -hmm. so what do you do when you watch you're you're vigilant yes like if you're like even in the military if you're on watch you are literally like scouring the entire horizon. Yes. Looking for movement. Looking for looking for something. Like you're yeah. making sure that like nothing is going down. You're not snoozing. No, not at all. Mm-mm. So it says watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Mm-hmm. So how does temptation enter in? It's it's when we're when like our guard is down. Me. It's literally that first part of that verse. Yeah. How does temptation enter in? You're not watching and praying. When when you when you have a moment in in a uh, outpouring of God, right? And like we say, we go to an event, and there's just like amazing revival or awakening. Now all of a sudden, you sometimes you'll find yourself a week out. Like, oh man, I haven't read my Bible since la- the last night of the revival. And people, when they when they feel God and they feel good and everything's going good, they neglect the very tools that are going to keep them of sound doctrine and that are going to keep them in righteousness. So it's when Jesus was tired and weak that the, it was after he had fasted that the devil came to tempt him. Yeah. yeah. Were you talking about 1 Corinthians 10, 13? I wasn't even done with that verse, oh, Joe. Sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, it was First Corinthians ten thirteen. Um, so the rest of that verse says, "Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak." Mm-hmm. So that's that thing again, where like w- when you were saying earlier, I don't want to read the word today. I don't want to get into worship today. That's because your flesh is weak, but your spirit is like, "Come on, buddy. Yeah, like let's get in there." Because once you're in there, you're fine. Yeah. You just have to like push yourself to get in there because once you're in there, you're like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. Yeah. But also one thing about temptation is it's, it's always going to be present, but we can hit Corinthians because it definitely talks good about that verse. But with the temptations, one thing that I noticed is that when people get them, they stay completely silent. Yeah, and they go inward. And that's trash. Yeah. Like, 
I guarantee you that if you would go to some, like, get over yourself. Turn on the lights. And literally go to someone and be like, I am having, like, crazy temptations today or this week, and I need help. Pray for me. Invite me over for dinner. Let's go get a cup of coffee. Like, you can't just sit and get temptations and just have them coming and flooding at you and sit there and be like, you got this. Like, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You're going to make it through this. Like, just keep, like, going. Like, no. Like, reach out because I guarantee you that everybody around you is getting tempted with something, too. 100% of the time. I don't do unspoken prayer requests because I don't think there's any testimony in that. That's not a request. You didn't say it. Right. So it's not spoken. (laughs) I have people that I've counseled or counseled with that. We've had a discussion that when you come under attack from this thing that you have just confided in me about, I don't care if it's three in the morning, you text me pray. Yes. Right? Yes. And I've got text messages. Yeah. Where it just says pray because I already have a ge- the generals on what's going on. And I'm not going to sit and go, oh, Jesus, help Bob and what he's doing right now and make sure that he can just have self-control. Yeah. I'll start praying in the Holy Spirit. Yes. Because that's the perfect will of the Father over you. And as a minister of the gospel, that's me putting the covering of the anointing on my life over you. Yeah. So have have two or three people that, that are trusted in faith. Your pastor, your the the leader of your small group in your church. If you're the leader of the small group, if you're in leadership, this is a big one. If you're in leadership, you need to have somebody that you can trust. Yes. A, a, a colleague, someone, because when you get to a certain point, shame really tries to set in mm-hmm. and you that do not let your pride get in the way because you will, the fall is so much harder and it's bigger and you absolutely need to come clean with any sort of temptation. You have to shed light because then darkness can't exist there. You know, I saw a definition of temptation that it's a situation in which a person experiences a challenge where they need to choose between fidelity or infidelity Mm. with god Mm. yes are you gonna be unfaithful with god are you gonna it's really like people are you hold your friends you look at them and it's like it takes a lot to betray oh yeah it takes it it takes a strong character to look a friend right in their face And betray them to their face. And like, this cord is betraying me right now. And it's it's a betrayal to God for, for us to take what he's given us, which is another day on earth, yeah. a ministry, um, a deliverance, and turn our back on it. Yeah. You know? It's very easy to get into this lovey-dovey place with Christianity that everything is sunshine and rainbows. Mm -hmm. And it's there's a seriousness to it in the relationship sense. Like you're in a relationship with God. And when you do these things, 
it would be like if you're in a relationship with anybody and they hide, try to hide something from you yeah. and they don't bring things to you so that you can help them with it. And like, can you imagine your kid, All your- you know, if they're dealing with trouble and they hide it from you and you only find out later right. that they were going through that and you could have helped them through it. Yeah. And you're only hiding it from people that wouldn't have known anyway. Right. Yeah. Like when you, you're not hiding anything from God. Yeah. He sees the intention of the heart. Yeah. yeah. Well, and in Hebrews 4.15, it says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize mm-hmm. with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very compassionate God that knows exactly what you're going through. And how does he know exactly what you're going through? Because he came into flesh and walked this earth and dealt with that same kind of stuff. I think the the fun part about trans, transparency and temptation with me is like you said, I've thought about that also. Um, just because of my conduct and my passion to see other people have freedom if I fall hard, that's going to be an open show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a minister that I met down south, um, they 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 were doing revivals. They were doing amazing amazing work for God, and um, now he I don't know exactly what happened, but he had a some sort of fall, and now his spouse is running their their social media accounts and all the ministry accounts alone and this person is just off the face of the earth and i've actually tried to find him and it's like heartbreaking to me because i know in that man's heart he probably thinks there's no coming back from this right um the crazy part is like as a human your mind goes to like infidelity um you know something outside the marriage uh, from everything that she said, it's nothing to do with any of those things. Mm. It was more of a, a marital violence. Mm. So it's like, it's really ugly to see these things, but what would have what would have occurred if there would have been people in place that were trusted in covenant to have an open place to go and say, you know what, I'm really struggling with this and I'm, I'm I can feel these issues and these anger issues like, well, you know what? Here's the thing. We live in a world of cancel culture, Yeah, but God is not going to cancel you. No, it's not scripture. Right. Read the story of the prodigal son. He didn't cancel the son. The son came back and he, and the son was filled with shame. Right. And he was eating out of pig trough. And the father was like, no, here's your ring. Here's your robe. We're having a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not canceled by God. The no. devil is going to try to cancel you. Sure. And so people are afraid to come clean with what they're being tempted with or what they've dealt with in the past because of the shame associated with it or the fear of what people are going to think of them. You don't need to live in fear. There's also sometimes when people don't come clean with temptation is they think God's testing them. Yeah. 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 That is also yeah, false. No. Yeah. Uh, no, in Second Thessalonians. Do that one, but also James so do Second Thessalonians. Are you going to do what Oh, okay. James 113. Mhm. But the Lord is faithful. So Second Thessalonians. Thessalonians. Leave me alone everyone. I'm with you. 3 3. 
Just call it two T three three. My, my favorite is when people try to like say Hab- Habakkuk. 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 Which which saliva do you put the emphasis on? Exactly. Um, but the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you. He will guard you yeah. from the evil one. Yeah. You got to put on your armor, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you done with that one? Well, it says it goes on to say and we have confidence. Yeah. In the Lord. Yeah. Both that you do and will do the things that we command you. Absolutely. Mm. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Yes. And that's then heartwarming. It actually. is. And then so that with God doesn't tempt you. He's not testing you in those things. When temptation comes, that's not God to test you to see if you can handle it. Mm-mm. James one thirteen, let no one, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. Explain to me when people say that God is just tempting me right now to see if I'll pass this test. How does anybody read that scripture and misinterpret it that bad? Because that's pretty plain to me. Let no one say when he is tempted, mm-hmm. I am tempted by God. Yeah. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Right. That verse is pretty black and white. Mm. Now, there are situations where God is like, are you going to pass this test? But a lot of those will refer to like your faith. Yeah. Or believing for something. Mm-hmm. Never tempta- It's never temptations because those are spirits. Those are familiar spirits that are knocking, barking at your door to see if they can get back in. And God's not part of that. If anything, he's going to be a part of the answer and not a part of the problem that's trying mm-hmm. to come knock at your door. In, um, I'm going to go to Corinthians now. So in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So God's never the one tempting you. He's actually the one that's always providing a way out of that temptation. And what does it mean that he won't tempt you with anything that's not common to man? Well, Jesus became God in the flesh, the man, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he never relied on his divinity. He he always only did what the Father commanded or what the Father said. Yeah. So when he was tempted as a man in weakness, hungry for 40 days without right. food or drink— right. He was at the lowest point the human physical body could go. Yep. And rather than relying on his divinity and, and saying, like, I'm God, I can just do anything. Yeah. He, he, he went through it, right? Yeah. So he was tempted with wealth. Yeah. Power. Yep. Food. Food. Mm-hmm. Like, all of the above. Yeah. And he was even told, like, I'll give you everything. Yep. That I control. Yeah. And he said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Yeah. Depart from me. Right? So why is it that that, that verse can say that he, you can't be tempted? You can't be tempted any more than Jesus did. And he showed all of us that it's possible to walk that out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then absolutely. not only did he show you that it's possible to walk it out, but he took it a step further and he gave his life on the cross yeah. so that if you fail, 
if you turn from your wicked ways and you don't return to it and you turn your heart and you repent and your repentant state is true and real, yeah. then he's faithful and just to forgive you. Yeah. Yep. So he'll erase it. He'll blot it out with the blood of Jesus. Yeah. And, and do you, sorry. You. Do you know what I love, though, also about after he got all of those temptations and had an escape out of all of them and he completely successfully did things on this life without falling into that Mm -hmm. temptation is after all those things were said and done what happens he had he falls on a rock and then angels come and minister to him yeah that part is beautiful oh yeah because even jesus himself (laughs) was in that moment after temptation Mm -hmm. like tired and had angelic host come and just minister to that spirit again. And he wasn't like, okay, the devil's gone. I'm going to turn this rocks into bread real quick or right. have some manna fall. Uh, he still relied on the father to send help. Right. Yeah. And yes. God gave yes. him provision. Come on. If you read the verse before that, it talks about the posture of the man before the temptation. So in, I'm in the what, Amplified. What Matthew, like what... Um, so I'm I'm looking in First Corinthians ten twelve. Oh, therefore let anyone who thinks he stands, who feels sure that he has steadfast a steadfast mind and is standing firm, take heed lest he fall into sin. Okay, see that's when I was talking about that earlier about don't get overly confident when you're walking back into well, party type situations. Yes. Make mm-hmm. sure that you are definitely ready that verse right there and if you see people struggling don't get judgy yes because it says that in galatians in galatians yeah you're like one bad decision away from being that guy i am well we all are over here um like i left the bible app (laughs) (laughs) when my phone fell um in galatians 6 1 it says brethren if a man is overtaken in any trespass Mm -hmm. you who are spiritual come on Restore such person, such one. Come on, in a spirit of gentleness. Yeah, considering yourself, lest you be al- also be tempted. Yes, bear one another's burdens, yes. and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, yeah, he deceives himself. Yes, mm-hmm. but let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For one shall bear his own load. You know, people, like, if they don't have anybody that they can reach out to, we do have an email address. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if people are feeling tempted or really just have a prayer request or whatever, yeah, it's the real king podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. yeah. The T-H-E, <laughs> real king podcast at gmail.com. And we do monitor the email and we we check it. Yeah. Um, it's also listed in like the description of each episode. Yeah. Um, or you can always like direct message us on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. Because it's a big deal. We talk a lot about community. Joe and Heidi have a bigger community than I do, admittedly. Um, and so I know what it's like to feel like you don't have like a ton of people to reach out to. Mm-hmm. But you can always reach out to us. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier to reach out to somebody like us because we don't have a dog of in the, the fight. vulnerability. 
Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. We are so blessed to have the privilege to share with you. If you haven't already, please connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us by searching at The Real King Podcast. That's at T-H-E Real King Podcast. The Real King Podcast is recorded in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It is hosted by Joe and Heidi King, who are joined each week by Christina Santamaria as a moderator and contributor. It is produced and edited by Joe and Heidi King and Carlos and Christina Santamaria. All content is under copyright and all rights are reserved.